Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk Welcome back to the uh, Football Talk Podcast. Uh, This week we'll be reviewing the busy Easter schedule, Um, although nothing has been finally settled. It is beginning to look uh, a bit clearer um, as we enter the final run-in. Uh, so let's jump right in, starting with the potential ups and downs from the Championship. Um, firstly to Huddersfield Town, who after a frustrating home draw at QPR, uh, the Terriers won 2-0 away at Middlesbrough. Uh, this result consolidated their third place in the Championship, although the chances of automatic promotion are looking small with Bournemouth having two games in hand and a four-point advantage. Um, with only three games left and eight points above seventh position, um, the playoffs are almost sealed. What what do you think will be Carlos Corbran's focus over the next uh, or the final few games, Stuart? Um, well, if you if you talk to Cor- Carlos Corbran about just about anything, you'll you'll get the answer. I'm just focused on winning the next game, and I think I think where Huddersfield are at the moment, that that's all they need to do. Really, they don't they don't need to worry about what other teams are going to do. Um, they don't. They don't need to sort of try and get too clever about it. They just need to get their head down, get as many points and as much momentum as they can take into the playoffs, and go from there. I mean, you know, Sober Thomas going off injured on uh, on Monday was a, a reminder that you know they 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 might have to sort of rest a couple of players in in these last few games just to make sure that they uh, that they go into the playoffs in in the in the strongest possible health, but but really, um, it's it's just about they're, they're in they're in a, they're in a good good vein of form. I mean, you're right to say the QPR draw was frustrating to an extent in the sense that you know you felt they could have pushed further and, and got more, but it, they actually strengthened their position in the table that day with results elsewhere. And yeah, they're, they're back in a good groove after a wobble before the international break. So really, they, they just want to keep it up. The, the danger in any league for the, the first team to qualify for the playoffs is that they come off the gas a little bit and it's then hard to pick it back up again when the playoffs get going. So they need to um, really just try and avoid that. But um, they're, in a, they're in a fantastic position. Hmm. I think the thing that's, that's impressed me, Stuart, I don't know about yourself, but just whenever they've, they've seen to have had these little, you know, absences of, of players, I mean, obviously, not so long ago, Matty Pearson was out, just somebody else has stepped in, haven't they, really, whether it's, you know, an Abisar and, and you know, Middlesbrough, you know, you looked at the team sheet before, I know Colwell, no Danny Ward, who's who's been... Been outstanding, hasn't he? In that sort of you know number nine role, I don't think there's been too many of his of his type better. Jordan Rhodes comes in and you know had a had an outstanding type, um, um, performance. I mean, it is really a, a team that's greater than the sum of some of its parts. I mean, 
uh, probably not, uh, maybe Luton as well. You know, similarly really, with lots of contributions coming, you know, across the board. Have these games? What was it? Luton, QPR, and, and Middlesbrough. Tough games at this this time of the season, and they just, you know, um, showed themselves to be tactically stuck, strong, and um, showed a hell of a lot of character and a, and a strong jaw, and um, you know, just outstanding at every level. You know, everyone from the squad contributing, and also, you know, it obviously reflects very well on the, on the coaching team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a sign of how well coach they are that you know you look at you look at the team before any game at the moment you don't really know what formation they're going to play you know you don't yeah. know from one game to the next what what the personnel is going to be because of the injuries you say uh, you, you mentioned but regardless you know what you're going to get from them as a team it's you know yeah. they're really interchangeable in 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 how they do it. and and that really i say as you rightly say Leon, is it's just a sign of really good coaching you know, everyone understands what their job is. Everyone understands their job, whether they're playing in a back four or a back three or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. You know, and, and it might be that in the next couple of weeks, as I say, with if if Thomas is out for a little bit, and I would suspect he would yeah. be, if others are as well, we, we might see more step up like Navisar and, uh, and Jordan Rhodes in Middlesbrough. Um, and, and again, that just... When you have when you have guys coming in from the fringe and putting in performances like that, I think it just makes everyone feel better, doesn't it? You know, yeah. those players feel a bit more involved. Um, you know, their their mates in the team are pleased to see that they've they've taken their chance. It just sort of perpetuates this this real feel good factor there is at the club at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you obviously don't know them intimately or anything, but we we sort of the look of group will really sort of care about. About the craft, you know, they're sort of a, you know a mature group. They've got some great professionals, some good young players as well. They're sort of t- tactically, they seem really intelligent, and you know it must be a fascinating place on on that training ground. I mean, obviously, you know, last last season I had some ups and downs, and you know, Corbaron, obviously, micromanaging everything is so intense, and you know, the players have really got to grips with it this year. There's been some very good additions and. You know, just a, a really, a really smart um, champion championship side. Who've you know they've been one, you know, arguably one of the standout championship stories of the of the season. And you know you can't praise them enough. But you know I think the sort of tactical maturity is one of the one of the standout features. And I think another thing that's significant, and you know we saw this in in the Middlesbrough game to an extent, it was pretty even. There weren't many chances in the in the first forty minutes or so. Oh. They, they can they can find sorry was that me disappearing then uh, I think it's Leon hang on another another significant thing you know we we saw it to an extent in the Middlesbrough game you know the first forty minutes were were fairly even you know there weren't many chances but even when Huddersfield aren't playing brilliantly they're so good at set pieces they're so good at counter attacking that they they can still pose a threat even when they're not at their best and that they must take a lot of confidence from that that knowing you know even if they're having a game where they're, they're not at their best. If we just get a corner or a free kick, you know, we're, we're in this game. It, it's such a, such a strength. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, next, we turn our attention to Middlesbrough. Um, the defeat to Huddersfield uh, was a real blow to Borough following their hard-fought goalless draw at Bournemouth. Um, they currently sit ninth in the league, although... If they win their game in hand, they will have the same uh, points as Sheffield United in sixth. 
Um, it looks as though Borough are one of three or four teams battling for uh, sixth spot, and much will depend on their ability uh, to, main, uh, to maintain a consistent run of results, wouldn't you say, Leon? Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about Huddersfield having, <clears throat> excuse me, that bit of momentum, but Middlesbrough just seem to have, have lost it, don't they? And there's a bit of a, almost like a bit of a perfect storm brewing. I mean, not so long ago, they'd won against Peterborough, won handsomely. 4-0, home form was strong. You know, everything was looking looking relatively good. Obviously, lost three home games now without scoring. And, um, you know, things things have, have sort of caught up with them, um, sadly. I mean, it's, it's sort of surprising, really, that they still have a, a little, little bit of a, a chance. It, and it looks like the, maybe, you know, three of the playoff spots might be sort of getting sewn up, but there's still going to be one open for somebody and they've, they've got the game in hand against uh, Cardiff next um, next Tuesday. So, you know, there could be one of them. Um, somebody could sort of hobble into the playoffs almost. I mean, obviously, Sheffield United aren't in the best of form. But it's uh, it, it's been a bit worrying. I mean, you look at Middlesbrough all, you know, all the season, really, and not just with Chris Wilder. I mean, they've obviously got a lot of praise for the style under Wilder, this 3-5-2, and the way of playing, but they haven't really had a consistent goal scorer all season. You know, Spore has come in and he's he's gone off the boil in the second half of the season. The loan signings haven't particularly um, worked, although I was, I was surprised that um, Balogun didn't start at least one of the games over over Easter, but Aaron Connolly struggled with um, Matt Crooks, obviously suspended against Huddersfield, so, so he's been a big player for them, sort of physically. Um, as well as chipping in with a few goals without being, um, you know, as a striker as such. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it's all gone a bit sort of flat there, and obviously the situation, the links with Chris Wilder and and, uh, and Burnley, which um, obviously is a favourite in the betting at, at the minute. Although these things aren't can't be taken totally as red. But uh, yeah, the, the momentum's sort of gone away sadly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just a, a goal scorer is just the hardest thing to find, really, and and, and the most important. You know, it, it tends to cost a lot of money, and you know, we've seen with Bo in the past with people like Richard Sombolongo and Jordan Rhodes, where they have thrown a lot of money at it, at it, and it's still not happened. You know, and and that does seem to be where they're suffering. That seems to be where Sheffield United are suffering because of injuries at the moment. Um, but as you, as Leanne says as well, I think I think the whole Burnley speculation is just. It, there's a danger it could be a really unwanted distraction, uh, you know. And, and Chris Wilder's done such a good job of of uh, reinvigorating this side and you know putting them in playoff promotion uh, position. I think I think if people start to even even doubt, you know, whether he's in in it for the long haul, I think that could be that that could just tip the balance when the margins are so tight. Uh, I mean, you know, hopefully. Burnley will get somebody else in as manager in the coming days. It might even have happened by the time people are listening to this and things can be put to bed. But it just does feel like a, a really unwanted destabilising yeah. factor, which they could maybe shrug off if they're in if they're in better form. But the way things are at the moment, um, they could just do without being put to bed, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny situation, Stuart, isn't it, Burnley? I mean, by all accounts, they're looking at bringing... Bring an interim manager in almost for the rest of the of the Premier League season, then potentially having another re- rethink in the, in the summer. You know, it, it could be somebody does come in, 
does well enough to get the job or could be the other way, couldn't it, really, where, you know, Burnley end up getting relegated and they take stock again. And, you know, the fact that, obviously, you know, he's been asked, asked about it a few times, Chris Wilder, and he's, he's, he's sort of the specu- speculation soon continues. It, it could sort of last, it, this could, you know, last for a, a good while. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd just be just a shame, wouldn't it? I mean, the Middlesbrough have had such hope under him, really. You know, he's probably for the first time since the... Probably, well, probably say five or six years really. Under when Karanka went in, they got a real, um, got some real momentum there. There was belief in the club; fans were coming back. You know, it just seems, um, you know, it, it, it'd sort of be sad if that sort of went away. Really, you know, capable of building something, even even if they don't necessarily get in the playoffs this year. You sort of think um, if they have a good summer of recruitment. And um, you know, season ticket sales have been doing pretty well as well. They, they could still have a good go next year. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a funny few few weeks, hasn't it, um, um, for for Middlesbrough? And obviously, we've got this thing in the background now with, with Wilder, which in the minute it's refusing to go away. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be perfectly honest, I, I don't really see the logic in in Wilder leaving for Burnley. And let's be fair, he's not said that mm. he wants to or anything. It's just the fact that he hasn't no. said no, no. That, that's causing all of this. But to, I mean, to me, but Burnley have made a panic sacking sacking um, Sean uh, Sean Dyche when they did. To me, what they need is a panic manager, a firefighter to yeah. come in for an, as an interim for a few weeks, keep them up, and as you said, Leon, then then rebuild. And and to me. That, that means work. That means your your usual, you know, your sacrifices of this world. I mean, Neil, Mr. Week, and it's repeat by this stage. So that already involved, it looks like project dipping out. I would, I would, that that's that's how you actually feel. He's just trying his cards close to him. But as I say, for the and the fans he just came said look I've got a job to do here you know even one of those sort of answers well, at the moment I've got a job this is my full focus let let with this because with a, the, the other teams around them aren't, aren't taking advantage so um, it's certainly you know it's certainly not a lost cause and as as Leon said when when he first came in it was always we'll we'll try and make the playoffs this season and, and if we don't we'll definitely go for it next season sort of thing you know it's not a case of if they miss the boat now that that's the end of it no yeah, I mean, you look at the, I mean, you sort of look at the form, Stuart, isn't it? Of the last thing, of, of the last ten games, only won three, haven't, haven't they? That's yeah. That's been the disappointing thing because you know a lot of people, you know, had had Middlesbrough down to at least be in it. You know, if it went, really went down to the to, to the wire, really, whatever. I think it's it's obvious whether it's you know it doesn't happen for them this year. Where the the priorities will be in the summer. There's certainly issues with the goalkeeping department and. Uh, you know, up front as well, and you know, with, this, with bringing in loan players, it can be a little bit dangerous, can't it? You know, loan strikers, whether they work or not. But they, um, that's definitely going to be the big target for them in, in the summer. But, but the positive, as you say, they, they aren't in great form, but neither are Blackburn, neither are QBR. Sheffield United's form has dropped off. You know, 
as we've seen in some of the other divisions in the playoff races, all is not lost because everybody seems to be having a wobble at, at a yeah, bad time, yeah. really, or almost everybody anyway. Yeah. And uh, next we turn our attention to Sheffield United, who, after a really disappointing defeat uh, at home to Reading, uh, when they conceded in the 92nd minute, was followed by an entertaining one-all draw at Bristol City, um, sitting a point above seventh place and a better goal difference. Uh, the Blades are still in a strong position for the playoffs, but do you believe that they, with their final go, sorry, with their final game at, of the season being at home to champions Fulham, uh, that they really do need to get uh, a, some good results in the next two games, Stuart? Not especially. Well, they do, they do need to get results in the, in the next two games, but you know we don't know we don't know what state Fulham are going to be in by by May the seventh. They could be they could all be hung over by then. Their job is done, you know. So so when you when you look at the name, obviously Fulham daunting, but it might not be the, the Fulham we know. I, I think the thing the thing with Sheffield United, you know, it, it's a bit like Middlesbrough under different circumstances. We were, we were saying all the way through the season it wasn't. It wasn't a particularly clever or insightful thing to say they'll be in trouble if Billy Sharp gets injured. And Billy Sharp's got injured at just the right time. So it's just a question of, that. you know, they're hopeful as we speak that he's going to be able to play some part against Cardiff. If they can get him back and get him firing, the world looks like a different place for them. Um, I think I think that is that is the big key because, again, we were saying in... I think it was in the last podcast that without him, other players needed to score up and score and uh, step up and score the goals. Well, they haven't, so it's it's going to come down to him. Um, but as I say, if they, if they get him back, I mean, just his mere presence on the pitch and the effect that will have on 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 Bramall Lane and on his teammates will be huge. Never mind the fact that when the ball go gets into that six yard box, there's a good chance it'll be put in the net. So unfortunately, it's putting a lot of pressure on one man's shoulders. But it's it's on Billy Sharp at the moment. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see um, where they go um, in the next few games because, again, if they really want that um, playoffs position, they will need to put in the, um, the hard work. And with uh, a man like Billy Sharp, who is currently sidelined, it, like you said, it's going to be very interesting to see who um, will step up to the plate and say, right, I'm going to take over um, where Billy left off. I don't, I don't, yeah, well, I say, I mean, sorry, go on, mate. So I was just going to say, so just a little, little bit, bit of a point. We've touched on it with a few sort of clubs in, in, in the last few weeks who were, you know, seeing many 4 three, three twos. you know, it could just be, what you know, 1-0 a set piece. Or it's, it's just... It's just those moments in both boxes, isn't it, that, 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 that decide a lot of games at this at this time of year. I mean, obviously Huddersfield had two big moments at Middlesbrough, won them the game. They were strong in both boxes, you know. And um, yeah, Sheffield United could just nick a nick a one nil from somewhere. Whether it, you know, obviously Billy Sharp coming coming back in, I did the game, you know, a few, a few weeks ago against Bournemouth, and it was a sort of game where I think mean, I think the United had about three decent chances, and with Sharp there, they probably. You, you would have backed them to to sort of nick one, and it's um, the encouraging thing for me. I mean, it was a little obviously. Well, it was a big shot, wasn't it? The Reading, the Reading result on Good Friday, because he was so strong at, at, at the back defensively. But if you can just keep the you know the back door shut in that respect, which they've been pretty good at, you know, for most of the season, certainly under Paul Leggin, but at, at Bramall Lane. 
just nick the goal and I just think you know even if Sharp doesn't score it having him around will you know hopefully maybe settle one or two people people down down as well but um, I still think Sheffield United will be fine just about I mean obviously as disappointing as it was losing to Reading and the Drew against Bristol City on the, on the Monday you know obviously other results have not all of them but other results have, have worked for them you know obviously Middlesbrough lost on, on the Monday you know, Blackburn had lost to Peterborough as well over over Easter. So there's a few other teams down there that were who were you know finding uh, you know the, the, the heat's quite fierce at the minute as well. But uh, I mean, the interesting fact as well is there's one or two other clubs floating out. You know, Millwall have still got a little bit of a chance as well. But um, you just hope with the the experience that Sheffield United have got that for their sakes they can that they can get over the line. And I still think think they will. Yeah, I mean, you wonder with clubs like Millwall if they've benefited from being not quite out of it, but, you know, um, yeah. so low down the list that the, the pressure's been off because, you know, not just in the yeah. championship, you know, League One games have been to recently as well. There's so much tension around these games. Yeah, and And, and now, the, now the dynamic has changed for Millwall and it'd be interesting to see yeah. if that momentum carries them through or if they suddenly start feeling the pressure now. But it's, yeah, it's a real... It's a real test of character time. And, and, you know, one thing that Sheffield United have in their favour is they've got a lot of strong characters who have been through yeah. these sort of situations before. Um, so hopefully uh, that uh, that works in their favour. Hmm. And uh, next we turn our attention to Barnsley. Um, the Tykes' fate seems almost sealed following the one-all draw away at Swansea. And the home defeat to Peterborough, um, they are now sitting at the foot of the table and although still mathematically uh, capable of escape, their upcoming game at high-flying Huddersfield could signal uh, their drop into League One. Um, Poyet Asbahi must surely now be planning for next season, Leon. Yeah, I mean, sadly, it all looks pretty much uh, over by the, by the shouting, doesn't it? I mean, uh, obviously... No. Not too long back, Barnsley, you thought they'd sort of given themselves a, a little bit of a chance. They'd obviously had those wins against Hull and um, Middlesbrough. I think they won about three out of four as well at the end of end of, end of the winter. And it, and it looked on, didn't it? But, yeah, ultimately it's been, um, it, it's been a, a, a dreadful season really, hasn't it? I mean, the lowest score is at home, second lowest away. away. You know, things started badly last summer with some... You know, terrible recruitment, which we've which we've spoken about in in the past. There was a, a sense of a vacuum at the club, couldn't get going on, under um, Marcus Shop, and um, yeah, I think incrementally he'd done a little bit better as Barhi. But you, you sort of look at his record and Barnes's record all season against you know teams around him at the bottom. You know, they played Peterborough twice and not scored against them. I went to the Reading game um, the other week, and you know another. Another really good chance to get a win and um, boost the chances. Scored an early goal, but then you know Reading dominated them for the rest of the game. Big game at Derby as well, not so not so long ago. Barnsley very poor in that, so they've not they've just not won enough against teams around them, and they've had little pockets of momentum. But um, you know, then ultimately the statistics tell you know tell the story. I think it was. You know, one within the first um, fifteen or sixteen games, and it's um, yeah, massively disappointing considering where they were this time time last year in a, in a huge 
a huge transformation for for um, for all the wrong reasons, really. And you know, they've got a a lot of clubs in the, in you know in the area have got huge summers. Um, I don't think there's any bigger than a, than a Barnsley. No. Yeah, I, I think in a way, Barnes have been a little bit like what I was just alluding to with Millwall. As, as Leon said, they had that run of three wins out of four. Well, they, they went into that run, you know, four yeah. points adrift at the bottom. They, you know, they, 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 it was it was hopeless. They were eight points away and the pressure yeah. was off sort of thing. And then they've put themselves into a position to compete. And it's the, it's the games, as you mentioned, the games that they needed to win. Reading, Peterborough, you know, when the pressure's actually been on, They've not been good enough, and and you know you ask the question mark: Will Poirier's Barca be planning for next season? I think the, mm. the the biggest question is: Will Barnsley be planning for having Poirier's Barca there next yeah. season? Because they have said his position is under review, and I think I think there's I, I personally might be inclined to stick with him, but um, I think there's difficult decisions to be made. Now, I don't know what you think, Leon, about how they yeah they I, thought, I, yeah yeah it's going to be an interesting one for the for the Barnsley board, isn't it? I mean, they've obviously taken a lot of criticism for various various reasons you know reasons in, in, the t- in the sort of time at the club but in terms of bringing in the you know the, the coaches one or two of the, the foreign coaches have actually worked you look at you know, well Daniel Stendhal certainly did he took Barsley straight back up um, Valeria and Ismail um, definitely about 100 million percent um, worked as, as well with what he did last season to a lesser extent probably um, Struber as well in terms of you know the fact they stayed up on the on you know the last day of the 2019 you know 20 season, but you know there's been one or two you know you got Jose Moraes, you'd got the, the last two as well in terms of Marcus Shop and Asbahi. You know a lot more question marks and whether this whether the will uh, you, you know they're going to go down this season, barring you know an absolute staggering transformation. But you know let's say Barsley go down, huge decision in the summer. You know, they're going to have a lot of players leaving, and they're going to have a you know a big decision in terms of bringing in do they go foreign again if as Barry leaves, which a lot of people would probably expect really, or do they go for somebody who you know knows the knows the lo- lower divisions and can operate on a, on a you know vastly reduced budget? You'd probably say so. That's one for the future, but it's obviously going to be a, a huge decision because you know Barnsley got things spectacularly wrong last summer. And they uh, they need to get um, things right this summer to to have a chance in what is probably going to be, you know, having something amazing, League One football. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, next we turn our attention to Hull City. Um, a two-one home win against Cardiff was followed by a two-one uh, defeat away to Millwall. Um, those two results uh, typify the overall season for the Tigers, um, with, with them being unable to, to maintain any sort of consistency. Um, something that Shota Arvaladze will need to address for next season. Do, do you think that's uh, that's fair, Stuart? Yeah, well, I think I think as soon as Arjun Elijali took over in January, late January, I think we all knew that it was a case of stay up this season and then essentially things will be ripped up and started again. You know, I expect an awful lot of change at, at Hull City just because, you know, I think I think there's a new owner coming in wanting to stamp his personality on the club and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. You know, I, I think I think we said at the time there was a danger they could they could change too much mid season. But I, th- I think come the end of the season I think it's fair enough to 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 just have a fresh start, you know. 
Uh, obviously, we, we, we wait to see there'll be some big clubs sniffing around, certainly Keen Lewis Potter, you know, possibly Jacob Greaves and a couple of the other uh, promising players they've got. But I, I do think we're going to see a lot of signings. We may well see a lot of signings coming from overseas, you know, and, and, and a very different whole city next season. And I, I just think it will be much more in the image of Shotter Avaladze, whereas this season it has been sort of trying to evolve um, Grant McCann's team to to get the best out of them. But yeah, it's, you know, we, we talk we talk about clubs, you know, like Sir Barnsley and, and Doncaster and what have you, need, needing big big changes. Hull just, just wants big changes, really, and I think they're going to be as as active as anyone in that regard. Yeah, they could deal with a bit of bit of momentum as well uh, you know in the the early part of next season I mean it's, it's good first of all to see them win at home isn't it Stuart they've had, had a desperate mm. run um, apart, you know I think oh, the lads who won the, the first first game wasn't it against Swansea but apart from that it's, it's been horrendous hasn't it Just, but it's good good for that if they could just get a you know a, a, another win another good couple of performances this season to take them into the summer going to be a big summer there's going to be you know certainly a big turnaround in the in the squad the whole owner speaking speaking hasn't he publicly relatively recently about bringing in seven or eight players so you know he's a new owner and he's you know he's he, he's sort of he, he's come in and made some you know bold bold statements and he'll want to make a make an impact so you know i'm sure it's going to be an interesting sort of summer at Hull. you know the big thing for them i think will be starting the, this season with with some, you know, promise which the found it difficult, obviously, in the opening third of of this season. You know, then they can really generate um, that bit of momentum and really get the the whole public in, involved in then. So it'll be a, um, a fascinating um, summer fo- following. A, you know, obviously, this season's been it's been exceedingly patchy, hasn't it? We, you know, we spoke before. You know, apart from the note, you know, that really good spell in November. And that little little bit of a honeymoon around the takeover, it's um, it's been pretty, you know, pretty poor from Hull. They've probably been better, better away from home more than more than anything. But uh, just a little bit of positivity for the end, uh, you know, until the end of the of the season, and then the the serious work will start in the summer. Hmm. Yeah, they do, they've just got to get the fans believing, haven't they? You know, yeah, that, that'll yeah. partly become come from who they sign, partly come from who they don't sell. Um, but yeah. some good performances to finish the season, you know, maybe sell a few season tickets on the back of it. That that's just what that yeah. that club needs after the, you know, negativity of the of the previous ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, next, we turn our attention to League One, and Rotherham United got back to winning ways after a late goal from Michael Smith gave them a one nil home victory over Ipswich. But then, unfortunately, they did uh, they undid. All their good work when they lost 2-0 away at Burton. Um, fortunately for the Millers, uh, MK Dons uh, went down at Oxford, uh, leaving Rotherham in second place. Uh, top spot now appears to be out of the question, but can Paul Warren's team still make that second automatic promotion place, Stuart? Goodness only knows, Mark. <laughs> I, mean, I, was at, I was at that game on Saturday, and you know, talk about we're talking about the tension earlier. That was an absolute stomach churner of a game, you know. And you think that that there were four games to come after that. We're not talking like last game of the season stuff. It was really tense, and it felt like a really, really big win, which shows you what I know. Because then the next game they go and get hammered, sort of thing, you know. Um, 
it, it's a, it's another promotion race where just nobody seems to want to grasp it. That the tension is really is really getting hold of everybody. You know, the injuries are starting to to rack up in, in all of the squads. You've got you've got players starting to look tired. I mean, thank goodness for Rotherham against Ipswich that that, that Michael Smith is still a is still a goal scorer. They can they can rely on, but um, yeah, it's just it, it's not even a case of of, of can they hold their nerve. Uh, in the running, it's it's can they lose their nerves less than everyone else really at the mm-hmm. at the moment the way the way things are going you know Sheffield Wednesday who we'll mention later uh, are, are sort of ploughing a, a pretty consistent course at the moment and everyone else is is having a big wobble I mean from Rotherham's perspective um, it, it's still in their own hands you know they're in the top two on goal difference but they've got they've got a game in hand um, it's just about getting over the line and and, and frankly you know. As you say, the, the the title's looking unlikely, but who cares really? The, all that matters is that they're in the championship next season, um, and then when they do get there, there's a lot of work to be done to to make sure they don't make the uh, the mistakes of of of, uh, of previous seasons. But they 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 absolutely have to put everything into going into the automatics because as as I said yeah. in previous weeks, you know, when you when you're that team who's in automatic contention for most of the season and you drop into the playoffs, it's really, really hard to keep going. So they've they've just got to get over the line. Hmm. I mean, it's almost like you can sort of sort of visualise. I mean, it's like the marathon runner sort of in the last mile going for the line, isn't it? You can see the grimacing on his face, the lac- the lactic acid sort of kicking in, and it's it's a real. It's a real, you know, struggle if they do happen to, to, to get over the line. They're just going to just get over it and just. Co- I think they'll just collapse there on the spot, won't they? Really, in, in sheer relief. I mean, the the worrying thing from you know from what I, I wasn't obviously not at the game, you know, not the Burton game that they actually out out you know they were physically stronger than than Rotherham, and that that would be um, you know a, a, a worry for me. I mean, Paul Warner's always always prided himself on. The fact how was strong physically in terms of the, you know the the the, the sort of strength and the the, the the stamina and you know strong at set pieces at, at both ends of the pitch. So that that was a worry. One or two injuries kicking in as well as as you said said Stuart. And they've got some they've got some huge they've had some huge games and they've got some more huge games coming up. You know they play Oxford on Saturday. They're they're one of those clutcher clubs who. You know, still got a real chance for the playoffs, and obviously Sunderland as well next next week. And Sunderland are on a good run along with Sheffield Wednesday, and um, obviously Gillingham are fighting for their lives at the at the bottom as well. So they're going to have to be, you know, really mentally mentally strong and tough. They're going to need all the leaders out there. You know, the Richard Woods of this of this world, Michael Smith um, certainly, and. Um, yeah, just just fingers crossed. But it's so it's it's difficult to call that, wasn't isn't it? I mean, it's fascinating in you know in the playoff positions in the championship. It's probably even more fascinating in 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 League One as well. And uh, I just wonder. I don't know what um, Stuart thinks. I know you obviously you've seen a lot of in on your previous job at, at Sunderland as well. I mean, they've had the runs to the to the you know they're doing well in the football league trophy. And you know I looked at sort of Sunderland as well last season when they, and they won that. And the, um, I wonder if a little bit of that, you know, it took a little bit out of them in terms of, you know, emotion, mostly winning that. And then they, they had still a lot of big games to play in the promotion race, you know, um, to get into the championship. And 
as good as it was for Rotherham in you know winning that competition this season. I, I just worry how much is it, has it been a little bit of a a little bit of a distraction as well. Well, yeah, I, I think I think there's an element to, an element to that. I think I think the other thing with with Sunderland, which goes for you know Sheffield Wednesday, goes for Ipswich, goes for Bolton, comes like this. Um, not you know we talk about the pressure on Rotherham. You can mm. you can tax that by quite a few times for these clubs because there is just an expectation that they're, that they're going to get up, and obviously not. Look, not all of them will. We already know it's switching Bolton might. Um, you know, one of Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday are unlikely to. Um, and it just ratchets up that pressure even more. I think I think the big one for Rotherham is, you know, Leon mentioned they're playing Oxford on Saturday. That, we hope, will be the last home game of the season uh, for them. And, you know, for all that, for all that it was for all that it was difficult and, and tense against Ipswich Town, the Rotherham fans were magnificent. You know, and if they can just tap into that one last time and just just get you know get them that extra three points, you know what that might do for for Milton Keynes's morale. Who knows? But and obviously what it might do for Rotherham's as well. Um, but yeah, they've they've really got to take advantage of that because, as you say, to finish with two two awkward away games, um, it, it, it's it's just going to be one one last effort. But you know, they they a lot of them. A lot of them, you know, sort of know what, what what awaits them in terms of championship football. They'll be desperate to get back to it, as will everyone else who's in that promotion race. Hmm. Hopefully, that can just fuel them to that that little bit of extra effort because they, you know, they are they are starting to look as tired as they should do when you play football as intense as Rotherham United do for a whole season and a, and a Wembley run in the in the EFL Trophy, but. You know, if they if they don't find that extra energy for the next three games, then they're going to have even more games. So, um, you know, they, they've got they've just got to find it within themselves and somehow get over the line. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll obviously have the memories of last year, Stuart, won't they? For you know, for sort of yes. different different reasons. Obviously, that that took a hell of a lot out, out of them, out of them, and they were so desperately unlucky to you know to miss out on the, on the last last day. You know, you've seen some cruel ones. At the end of end of seasons, and that one was really was up there. So that will be galvanising. No, it should. Well, it it, it it should do. You know, a lot of the players there who, who were involved in that, and um, you know, if all of them do come out on the on the right side, it'll uh, hopefully square the circle for them. But it's uh, it's it's got the makers and one that's going to go right to the wire this one. Hmm. And uh, next we turn our attention to Doncaster Rovers, who, after a home defeat to Bolton, uh, Donny just managed to avoid relegation with a 94th-minute equaliser at Shrewsbury Town. Um, it was surely just delaying the inevitable, and with two games left, six points from safety and a dreadful goal difference, um, it w- it looks as though it will be um, League 2 next season, Leon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've spoken, spoken about... About Barnsley, I mean, they, I suppose they had a, them and Doncaster had those little little morsels of hope not so long back. But you know, the season tells tells the the table doesn't lie at the end of the season. And the season you know tells the story. I mean, I looked at a few of Doncaster's statistics, and they're every bit as horrendous as some of them at with Barnsley. You know, the thing that stands out for me is nine home defeats since since Christmas. Yeah. I mean, people. T- People have sort of spoken about their away form as well. I don't think they won away did they, until the one at Sunderland in in February. But you know, it's just everything you could you could 
come up with all sorts of statistics to do with Doncaster this season, and it'd all be, you know, you know, frighteningly. Libard was spotting about the fact that we you know when they go behind, you know, invariably the record, the comeback record is is abysmal, and you know, another perfect storm. Poor recruitment last summer. Um, you know, horrendous starts of the season. Problems with you know injuries and and COVID, and you know, as, as we touched upon at Barnes, it's going to be another, you know, a, a huge. Summer at Doncaster, they've got a lot of players out of contract. There's um, um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, they're trying, they're going to bring in a new head of footballing off operations. You know, he's going to be, you know, looking at you know player recruitment, getting that right, and all all of the things that analysis and you know the, the medical and conditioning departments because they've had a lot of injury, um, um, instances of you know injuries and long term absences this season, so. You know, as much as you know, it, it does. You know, they're, they're pretty much you know, you know down now. Let, let's be honest, and you know that appointment I think will be as as key as as anything because you know a lot of things have uh, have sort of gone wrong on the pitch and off the pitch at, at Doncaster in the last um, last um, probably 13, 14 months. Yeah, I think I think of all the Yorkshire clubs, Doncaster are the one I'd be most worried about for next season. Because you know, there's there's a there's a big old, we we all know there's a big old gap between the Premier League and the Championship. There's a big gap as we're seeing with teams like Rotherham Yo-Yo in between the Championship and the League One. But there isn't a big gap between League One and League Two. We often see teams from League Two come up and keep going, and we often see teams come down into League Two and keep going as well. You know, and you, you, we're going to have. Stockport coming up from a very strong conference. You know, we hope it'll be Halifax, but it may well be Wrexham with all their money. You know, there's going to be strong teams coming up. It's going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the teams going down are not going to find it as as easy, with no no disrespect, as, you know, the likes of Rotherham do when they come down or the, or the Premier League clubs when they've got the, uh, the parachute payments coming down. It's not the same at that level. And, and Doncaster really needs to really need to sort themselves out because, you know, like Barnsley, they're, it's not been quite as pronounced, it's not been far off. The collapse from, you know, 18 months ago, really, with them when they were genuine contenders for automatic promotion uh, to the championship to now this just absolute mess, you know, where there's, it just, it feels like such a demoralised place. It's just been, you know... Even just a couple of transfer windows of, of really bad decisions, not just in terms of players signed, but you know managerial appointments and, and, and just the whole running of the club has really you know undermined Barnsley and even more so Doncaster Rovers. And, and as Leon says, they really need somebody with some real expertise to get to, a grip there, yeah. to get a grip and lead that club. You know, I presume we we'll wait and see, but I presume that they'll probably stick with Gary McSheffrey which means they've got a very inexperienced manager. So when yeah. you've got that, I mean, Leon's referred to this in, in, in the past, I think, you know, when you've got someone like that, you need some good experience around him to help him out inevitably. You know, he's got an inexperienced backroom team. You know, he's got this he's got this mentor in Lee Carsley, but essentially he's just a bloke at the end of the phone. You know, there's, there's a limit to what he can do. He needs to be surrounded with, with more football nows, to help that club to make the right decisions because there is a big job on at that club this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember obviously last time, you know, Barnsley um, went down to like a core of players and, and they went again. Last time Doncaster went down to 
to League Two. They had Darren Ferguson, didn't they? And they had some. They still had some senior players there who, um, you know, who could sort of steer the dressing room in, in the right direction. But you just don't you don't see that there at the minute, dear. Apart from you know probably Tommy Rowe and uh, maybe one or two two others. But it's you know it's a worry. And Doncaster going down into in, into League Two. All right, they're not they're not Bradford City in terms of this, you know, the, the sort of stature in the fan base, things like that. But they'll still be a fair catch for a lot of teams in in League Two, and they'll be they'll be going to the keep mode. It'll be one of the best arenas there, and they'll be wanting to do them over. And you know, they played still played in the, in the Championship relatively recently, so there'll be a little bit of a scalp at, at League Two level. They've got that to contend with, and you know, the Doncaster fans as well will will be. Um, they're certainly not the well the ones who were there in the in the Bellevue years a, a long time ago will will have a, a bit of reality but there's still a lot of Doncaster fans who've only really watched them in the you know in the good times in the championship and league one and there'll be be bits of expectation there for for them to to bounce straight back but it it just doesn't look a, a straightforward season at all doesn't it and a hell of a lot of players out of contract they need to get the football supreme supremo sorted out I totally agree with Stuart that you know, Gary McSheffrey needs some somebody who's got um, you know, a lot of experience at lower division um, le- level with him, because it's a you know it's a real grind to get out of that division mm. as Bradford are finding, and um, yeah, some massive decisions at Doncaster this summer. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, the Owls did Rotherham United a favour when they beat MK Dons 3-2 with Barry Bannon scoring a tremendous long-range effort. Um, with a 1-0 uh, at home to relegated uh, crew, Wednesday now sit in fourth with a game in hand over their playoff rivals and have a top six finish um on their hands. Um, what, what, what do you make of the, the last few results, Stuart? Just really good results, <laughs> you know. Um, we talk about we talk about all these teams wobbling in the Championship and League One. Wednesday and beaten in the last eight. They've won four of the last five, and they drew the other one away from home. Where we know their uh, their their record has been patchy, and it, uh, you know it's only a late equaliser that they didn't win that one. They are they are coming strong when it matters the most, and and obviously Leon talked about the Rotherham players being spurred on by last season well Sheffield Wednesday's best player Barry Bannon is definitely spurred on by last season he is desperate to put right what he sees as the, as the wrong of last year of him being the captain that, that that took that team down and you know when you've got a player that quality with that sort of motivation it, it's fairly formidable um, you know it, it, I, I saw them against Crew in the week and they, they made they made hard work of it you know they should have won they should have, the game should have been well out of sight by half time, and they ended up having to rely on a on a penalty to get them through one nil. But nevertheless, they got the job done. And when you see all the other teams struggling to get the job done, that's huge. I mean, to the extent now where you look at it, and they'll be they'll you know there'll be something in the back of their minds thinking we could still get automatic here while the yeah. teams above us yeah. throw points away like confetti. I mean, they mustn't they mustn't get ahead of themselves. They they must get into that. Carlos Corbran mindset I was talking about before, which is what Darren Moore and the, and a lot of the players always parrot at you. Just focus on the next game. Just focus on the next game. But they are they are not just looking good for the to get in the playoffs. They are producing the sort of form you want to go into the playoffs with. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment of all the clubs, you know, short of all the clubs 
behind Wigan who were who were chasing promotion. I would I would rather be in Sheffield Wednesday's position probably than anyone's right now. Yeah. Yeah, it could be it could be a huge um Saturday and, you know a huge Tuesday as well, couldn't it, Stuart? I mean obviously they've mm. got a they've got a really I mean they're all the, the, most of them are hard at this the, the, this time of year unless you know probably Unless you're playing sometimes teams with nothing to play for, but even those can be can be hard as well. But they've got to go to Wickham, haven't they? And they're they're still in with a, a big, you know, a big chance of the of the playoffs. I think if Wickham Wickham win as well, they'll go above them, won't they? And there's just all all sorts happening there. There'll be you know, allegiances will be getting put to one side. You know, you think that Sheffield Wednesday? Do you think well, they, they might if they can win at Wickham? You know, an Oxford win at. at, at um, uh, uh, Rotherham, you know, the, the, he can take it onto onto Tuesday potentially, but yeah, they're, they're sort of holding holding the nerve. And you're right, what you say. I mean, you, you mentioned Carlos Cobron Stewart, and he's exactly the same sort of ilk, isn't he? In, in press conferences, Darren Moore, he'll play a straight back. It just doesn't look um, doesn't look forward forward too much. It's always about the next game, and he's been he's been consistent in that throughout throughout the season. And uh, you know, you sense that everybody's you know, on message there, and they're they're sort of you know just keeping on that mantra. They probably had a little bit of um, um, you know, a few you know a few a month or two ago, they got a, one or two got a little bit giddy after they and they openly spoke about automatic promotion and then lost in the next game against I think it was Lincoln, wasn't it? And uh, it was, yeah. You know, they haven't they haven't sort of fallen into that trap since everything's just been a totally straight back. Which is what Moore has always done throughout the season. One or two other players, you know, a little bit of a slip of the tongue. But there's been a real focus and um, and um, sort of concentration and desire there of late. And uh, you just wonder if that that late goal, the conceded that Bolton might come back to haunt them a little bit in terms of if they do miss out on the top two. But they're um, yeah, just all makes for an interesting weekend and. Um, you wouldn't want to. He certainly wouldn't want to play Sheffield Wednesday if they do end up in the playoffs. No, no. and uh, you know, football as in life, it's all about learning from your mistakes. And you know, Barry Bannon yes. was was probably the most the most guilty of getting giddy that that day. It was very noticeable. The Milton Keynes televised game after the game, the the touchline interviewer was desperately trying to yeah. get them to say we're going for automatic right. promotion. Barry Bannon was interviewed. Wasn't having it at all. Uh, just, just knocked it, knocked it straight back. And then on on Tuesday, people are asking the same thing of of Liam Palmer after after the game. No, just focusing on the next match. You know, they maybe they maybe's got that warning at just the right time. That Lincoln game yeah, is the last absolutely. game they've lost. And and just every now and then, you maybe just need need dragging back down to earth and just get that kick up the backside. Yeah. We we might look back at, at, at it and think that that was that was perfect timing for them to just yeah. stay grounded, stay focused mm. and and get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, finally for this week we turn our attention to League 2. Um, Bradford City only managed one point from their Easter fixtures and Harrogate Town lost both games unfortunately. Um, with both teams now sitting in the wrong half of the uh, of the league and nothing to play for, will the players and staff sort of be looking forward to the beach, Leon? Yeah, well, you, you think about um, about Bradford and you know for the umpteenth time recently, in you know in in recent seasons, it's going to be another 
big overhaul, isn't it? In, in, in the summer, they've got a hell of a lot of players out of out of contract. I think it extends into double figures. They obviously had a poor Easter. Um, you know, particularly the game on you know Easter Monday against Colchester when you know Mark Hughes made a, um, sort of mixed his squad about, put a, had a look at some some squad players, and it, it obviously didn't didn't reflect particularly well on them. But you know, we spoke about Doncaster as well. They, they make the big thing about the you know the football supreme. I feel like head of recruitment, Bradford are going to go down that route as well, and um, you sense that's going to be as it's an important piece of business as, as as anything really. You know, if they can get somebody who's you know who's 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 got the real contacts out there, they've got the manager in place. You know, in terms of having you know the name and the gravitas to to you know attract players in Mark Hughes. I think if they can get that nailed down, and uh, there's going to be big changes there in, in this summer. Obviously, get um, get the caliber of the player that um, Bradford needs to get them out of the division. That's going to be as as big as big as anything, yeah. It's all about um, all about the summer now for for Bradford. And, you know, in terms of Harrogate, I think I touched on it a, a few weeks ago. That I just I just sort of I, you just sort of think that there's been an unbelievable journey there. What they've done in you know the, over the last few years getting to the football league, but a lot of the you know the the sort of leading lieutenants of that of that side. They're, um, you know, are they going to be part of the of the next chapter? Obviously, Harrogate have, you know, thankfully they're, you know, they're, they're safe and they're not they're away from all the all the all the relegation scramble at the bottom of the table. They've tailed off in the second half of, of the past two seasons, and um, I know I've read some comments from Simon Simon Weaver that, you know, he, he's intimated that now is the time to sort of you know sort of thing that they're going to have to bring quite a few other new players and, and you know dispense with some of those who, who serve them so well so um, yeah that'll be interesting to see, see how, how the summer fares at uh, Harrogate because they'll need to you know we, we, the danger is if they you know they start next season season badly and then you know lose lose the momentum and end up into a you know in, into a, a scrap at the wrong end of the table but uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a big summer for a lot of Yorkshire clubs and, and Harrogate are, are among that group yeah, I mean, never, never mind how how good players being on the beach. They're all in the treatment room. I mean, it, it must be yeah. uh, it must be full to bursting at the moment. There's so many players they've got injured. They're they're lucky in a way actually that the season hasn't got a few more weeks to run because, as Leon says, they are safe, but they're not they're not safe by much. You know, yeah. a couple a couple more weeks and you I mean, you'd be getting twitchy. But yeah, they 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 look like another one who are going to have who've, who've sort of been a model of stability for the last few years. But it, it looks like there's a bit of an overhaul coming there and you know as Leon says I think I think anyone who knows much about Bradford will, will know that there's, there's a huge a huge change coming coming there in the summer and and I say they've, they've, they've just got to make the right choices both in that uh, football supremo as, as Leon refers to you know they need somebody who has the league two knowledge that Mark Hughes doesn't, although to be fair, you know, Glenn Hodges has got some yeah. some knowledge of that level, but they need they need someone with the with the right contacts to supply to supply Mark Hughes with the tools he needs, and then and then he's got to get a tune out to them because you know that club has just been underperforming for for far too long now, and uh, they, they really need to get the house in order. Mm-hmm. Because I I saw what um, Simon Weaver was saying with regards to sort of what was it the, the core of the team taking them as far as it can go and I just wanted to see what what you made of that comment with regards to okay 
that means there's going to be changes, there's going to be a possible overhaul. And wh- where do you think that they'll be able to get sort of the, uh, the the same sort of energy that will hopefully propel them to promotion next season? Well, there'll be an awful an awful lot of League Two players out of contract this summer. That's that's the nature of life for that division. You know, it's just a matter of whether they can attract the right ones because, you know, there's going to be a lot of clubs in the market for a lot of players. So they've just got to be shrewd. They, they made a very good signing in Luke Armstrong from Salford last season. You know, there's got to be more of them and they've got to they've got to look for the for the right characters to to create a new core. And I say that that's yeah. exactly the same. I said the same challenge for for Bradford and for so many other teams in that division, but mm. it, it is the nature of League Two football: short contracts, big big churn of players, um, and in any given season, if you get it badly wrong, it can go the way it's gone for Doncaster and Barnsley. If you get it right, it can go the way it's gone for Forest Green and others this season. That's that's just the way of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you just wonder if it's. It, it, you know, in terms of of Harrogate, they've obviously got relatively recent knowledge of uh, of the conference and, and and the players there and conference not them. The, the the good players there would they go down the route of trying to get the best players um, at that level and maybe giving them a chance, or or do they really need to sort of go for the experienced, um, you know, f- football league players? And um, I suppose that's the that's the maybe the conundrum that they might have, and they're obviously not the sort of club they're going to be. Throwing around a, a, a lot of money, they will have a, they will have a, you know, a, a, obviously a, a, a budget. It'll be you know competitive, but it won't be as much as you know, a fair few of the rivals. And you, you know they've got to got to spend it uh, wisely. And that's the, that's that's where you know Simon Weaver is vastly experienced. He knows um, obviously he's, he's got a working knowledge of the of the football league now, but also the you know the conference and. And the, and you know the, the conference north, you know a vast amount of, of, of knowledge in that in that backroom team, and uh, let's hope that they can pull a few rabbits out of the hat. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobtrell, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.